The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. After making the crossing to the other side of the sea, Jesus and his disciples came to land at Gennesaret and tied up there. As they were leaving the boat, people immediately recognized him. They scurried about the surrounding country and began to bring in the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. Whatever villages or towns or countryside he entered, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch only the tassel on his cloak, and as many as touched it were healed. The Gospel of the Lord. Yeah, of course, my, my first thought about uh, touching the tassel on Jesus' cloak is from the third season of The Chosen. So, I don't know, you can either get bored by my references of The Chosen or you can just watch it and, and join me in it. And one of the reasons why, um, yeah, I know, Nita is joining me. So, uh, one of the reasons why, I, you know, I, f- I find that image so striking is because I cried all the way through that scene. So, it's... Uh, I don't know if it's not a, it's not, tra- it wasn't traumatic for me. I think it's like actually the relief of, of trauma, but this is, you know, I don't know, so exposed to my own, my own healing that, uh, that Jesus is, is working for me, you know, as, as I, um, as I try only to touch the tassel on his cloak. I mean, you know, what, what profound, uh, faith it is, uh, to, um, to believe that Jesus has what it takes to heal me. Right and what um, and and only to be only to be close to him, like you know, almost like tangentially close to him, um, that 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 will be enough. I think this is this is the faith that we have to have in our hearts. And of course, um, you know, there we we see this massive uh, movement of of people. We've seen it in Mark before. In fact, it, it's some it's almost like background noise at this point in the Gospel of Mark. It's just people coming to him from uh from all over, uh surrounding him, pressing in on him. Just crowds. People uh people want to be healed. Uh, and excitement is growing that that he might be uh who um who they who they are awaiting, right? Who who in hope uh, they have awaited. Uh he he is Israel's king. Uh, and uh, and the Messiah of God, uh, yeah. So we, uh, you know, we're we're um, we also have, I think, uh, somewhat perfectly paired uh, readings uh, this morning. We we went back to uh, to Genesis because this section of the Gospel of Mark, this one, and perhaps even the the, the couple immediately uh, preceding it, have real strong echoes of the Genesis accounts. Not. Not actually the first. I mean, I would say, yeah, okay, the, the first part, maybe in, in the sheer creative power of God. That's what we hear in the, in the first reading. And just before this, in the, in the Gospel of Mark, we've seen the multiplication of, of loaves, right? And this is something of just the sheer creative power of God. Yeah, there's, there's no other way to explain what's, what, what's happening in and through Jesus uh, except to say that, yeah, he, he is the embodiment of, of the true and living God. He's the embodiment of the good, uh, creator God. And it, but as we move forward through the, through the Genesis account, we see Adam and Eve, you know, striding alongside God in, in the Garden of Eden, in that, in that perfect home that God created, uh, for man. And, and here, as we look at Jesus walk, sorry, what happened right before this was he was walking on water. Okay. So the, 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 um, uh, the feeding of, of of the thousands, the the walking on water, and now we and now we see this. He gets out of the boat, and everyone starts again crushing in. 
um, what we see is uh, Jesus uh, moving, moving about as actually the new Adam or the last Adam. So in this sense, yeah, he, he is revealed to be the truly human being. So it's not as though, like, you know, God is, um, uh, I don't know, um, inappropriately intervening with the laws of nature and this kind of thing, which is a completely modern way of, of thinking about it. It's actually that what we see in Jesus is man restored. Right? We see man as the restored image and likeness of God, right? He's, he's bearing the image of God, and he is who man was always meant to be. So, yeah, I mean, I can, I can say it. You know, you were always meant to walk on water. I wouldn't, I'm not sure that I would try it. But I think, I think our, our awe at what Jesus is, is doing is sometimes misdirected also. Like when we, when we say we point to his divinity, we mean something very different than what is being revealed to us in this, in the scriptures. We say it's divinity, like it's inaccessible. It's, it's out there. Only God could do. This is, this is kind of like the wrong way to look at it because we should be looking at, again, the, the truly human being. And look, I mean, he, he, uh, Jesus gives his disciples power also to cast out demons and to, and to heal the sick and the, and the rest. Right? So it's not as though humans can't do that. Okay, so anyway, this is it. Jesus has, as the renewed image bearer, renewing the image bearing capacity of his, of his people and of the people that he comes, that he comes in contact with. Of course, he can only, he can only do this as the truly human being because he is, he is perfectly centered on the true and living God. Right? This is his entire identity. It's, it's who he is. He is God's son. He is God's beloved son. And, uh, and this is the same for us as we seek to build, build up God's, God's kingdom of holiness and justice, as we seek to uh, advance God's reign, advance his rule, both allow him to, to rule in us and, and, uh, and bring new life and order to his world through us. We have to be also uh, you know, as, as centered on, on God as, as we can be. And we recognize even that that's, this is a grace God, the God is God has to give us the strength and and the rest uh, to to enable us to do that, to center on Him and to work and to worship Him alone. Yeah, and when we when we do this, we're part of we are we are part of God's uh, plan to to advance His reign to every corner of creation. This and I'll and I'll say here the the uh, the high point for for us in our in our living out this, um, I don't know, re, uh, this restored or renewed image-bearing capacity uh, is martyrdom. Yeah? Why, why is it? It's because martyrdom is, is, the, uh, is the act of being uh, centered on God without being deterred by anything, not even death. We're not distracted by anything, even, not even death. So this is it, right? Now I'm not again. I'm not exhorting you to uh, to be martyrs, right? I'm I'm not. I mean, I hope that we will be prepared if and when God makes you know calls us calls us to it. Uh, but the the exhortation actually is to God centeredness, because martyrdom without God centeredness is nothing. It's only it's only when we center when our hearts and our lives are centered on the true and living God when we're living lives. Of, of worship, of praise. And, and when, we're, when we're pouring ourselves out 
totally in his service. That's the life that makes sense of martyrdom. But, that's, but that, that is the life that advances God's rule. And, uh, and that's, that's our goal, right? And again, it, we see it in Jesus. It's not, it is this, the, the reordering of creation, God's, God's good and orderly world. Uh, but it's more than that. It's, it's a re-enlivening of God's world. And it begins with the re-enlivening of our hearts. So we, we, we have come here to worship the true and living God who has been revealed to us in and as Christ Jesus. And we, put, we bring our hearts before him in, in offering today uh, that he might heal us, renew us, restore us so that, so that we could get about the work of re-enlivening his fallen world.